Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Simbasel Podcast. I'd like to bring you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Tuesday so far. Right now, I'm going to be talking about The Lion King hitting a billion dollars at the box office. I'm also going to be previewing the films that are going to be coming out this week. But the first thing I do want to get into is a little bit of news that came out yesterday talking about It Chapter 2. Now, It is one of the remaining highly anticipated films of the year and probably on a lot of people's list, the most anticipated film of September. And the director, Andy Muschietti, came out a few days ago saying that revealing the runtime for the new It movie and it's coming in clocking in at around two hours and 49 minutes it's going to be the concluding chapter to the it saga that has been going on since 2017 and if you've read the stephen king novel it is broken up into two sections with the 2017 first part and the first part of the book deals with the kids and the second part deals with the kids coming back as adults 27 years later and that's where the film picks up as well you also have an incredible cast with james mcavoy jessica chastain Bill Hader, Bill Skarsgård is coming back as Pennywise the Clown, which he did an exceptional job as in the first film, and it sounds like he does an incredible job this time around as well. And clocking in at 2 hours and 49 minutes, that is roughly around the same time as Avengers Endgame, with the Endgame being this concluding chapter of that version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and It Chapter 2 is kind of being the conclusion of this story that started in 2017. And seeing this, it's interesting, especially when you think of a horror film. Horror films usually don't really clock in even over two hours. They usually stay under an hour and 30, maybe even going below two hours, around an hour and 50, maybe the max. But two hours and 49, almost a three-hour-long film. When you include the previews, people are going to be in the theater for definitely over three hours. It's a long, long task to really do for a horror movie. And... Thinking about it, really, even though it has horror elements and you have the suspense and the jump scares, it's more than just a horror movie. And that's what I think I really enjoyed about the first It, because I'm not that big of a horror fan. But what the first It reminded me of, especially with the kids, is it felt like a Steven Spielberg film with horror elements, kind of like a lot of Stranger Things, really, where it's dealing with these characters and the story and not just relying so much on the jump scares and the horror element of it, even though it's a big part of it. And that's what I think Muschietti and the cast are really trying to deliver here is that you really liked where these characters were going in the first one. Now you're going to be following them in this next film, in this next part of the story. And I think that's something that they're really, really trying to key in on. And one big aspect of it, from what I've been hearing, is that one clip that Warner Brothers has been showing of this movie is in the book and in the film that they're going to be having is when the Losers Club reunites in this restaurant scene, nothing's happening, no scares or anything. It's just them talking and reminiscing, getting to kind of rekindle relationships that they might not have seen each other for a long time. So they're relying a lot on the script and the story for this. And to see Muschietti say that it's going to be two hours and 49 minutes, I know people are going to be ecstatic about that. I know a friend of mine, he tweeted out something kind of like what somebody else tweeted out when Avengers Endgame revealed their runtime for being three hours and two minutes before the the extended footage was announced for the end credits, which pushed it to three nine. He said to, you know, put everything that was maybe going to be part of a director's cutter and deleted scenes, put everything in there. And that's what my friend tweeted out for this movie because he's very excited about it. Whatever the director took out, put back in there, make this movie as long as possible because people really like these 
these stories and these novels because they're from Stephen King. And Stephen King, even though his novels are about horror and thrills, they're human stories. They're about human human emotions. They're about human characteristics. They involve characters that you really get to grow with. And that's why Stephen King is lauded as one of the best authors of all time. And so I think what makes it so great over the last few years that has really made it a cultural phenomenon, especially in horror, is the fact that you add all these different elements to it, and people responded to that. People responded to it, making it the highest R-rated, the, not the highest rated R-rated film, that still belongs to Deadpool 2, but the highest rated horror film, the highest grossing horror film of all time. So it's still, it, it, it has that element to it, and right now what It Chapter 2 is going to try to do, what Warner Brothers hopes it does, is it eclipses Deadpool 2, and Deadpool is the highest rated R movie of all time as well, so it can hold that record as well. So Warner Brothers has a lot writing on this, and they also announced that Muschietti has a director's cut that will be around three hours long, so there's still going to be some footage that is going to be taken out, but from what everyone has been saying about this, the actors were dedicated to it. It is was a long, grueling process. It took a lot of time. And Machete is somebody who is on the rise and puts a lot of detail into his films, not just the horror element. So I'm probably going to be going to see this movie because I saw the first It movie in 2017. I'll be in the theater for three hours. We'll see how it runs, how long it runs for. But it's something to look out for. It comes out September 6th. Warner Brothers trying to capitalize on that September release date like they did in 2017, making it also the highest grossing September release of all time, because September really is not a dumping ground per se, the beginning of September is, but September starts the fall movie season, and then as the end of September hits and beginning of October, that's when the fall movie season really kicks into gear, but IT Chapter 2 is going to be taking it into gear in the first week after Labor Day weekend, so a lot of people are going to be rushing out to the theater and getting the fall movie season off to the right start with IT Chapter 2. Tickets aren't on sale just yet, but they will be in the next few weeks probably, with especially August happening in just a few days. Specifically, Thursday is August 1st, so definitely in the next few weeks they will be announcing tickets releasing on sale without a doubt. So moving on now to the next topic going to be that I'm going to be talking about is The Lion King. Now, I talked about the box office yesterday, and it seemed like Lion King was a surefire bet of grossing a billion dollars. And just a little under an hour ago, it finally happened. The Lion King at $999.9 million. Right now, it's going to gross over a billion by the end of the day. It will be a billion-dollar film today. On Monday, it grossed $9.1 million domestically, $21.8 million overseas. Right now, it has $360 million domestically, but a huge portion of its box office intake has been internationally, with China leading the way with $115 million and accumulating internationally $638.5 million internationally with a worldwide total over $900 million, pushing into a billion and Toy Story 4 has been out for a little over a month, and it hasn't even eclipsed a billion dollars. So it shows worldwide how important and how big of a film Lion King really is, whether you talk about the 94 animated classic or you talk about the photorealistic remake that Jon Favreau did this year. It's also his highest grossing film of all time, now eclipsing The Jungle Book, which made over $960 million when it came out in 2017. So for Disney, this is another huge success for them. For this film, it is their fourth entry in just 2019, a low to gross over a billion dollars, with the other three being 
Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Aladdin over the weekend grossing over a billion dollars, with Toy Story 4 probably not that far behind as well for them grossing over a billion in the next few weeks to get it to that billion dollar mark. And again, like I said yesterday, talking about Disney and the record year they've been having, they still have three films to go before they even hit a, a, a box office number that hasn't even has never been hit and they eclipse that number and the rest that they do from here till the end of the year is just padding you have a maleficent sequel even though that is probably not going to be a billion dollar hit it is still the first one made half a billion dollars so this one most likely with the star power of angelina jolie you got michelle pfeiffer you got dakota fanning coming back this still can make a boatload of money maybe hitting around a half a billion half a billion dollars or around 800 million or so you have a frozen 2 which is going to dominate at the box office and potentially even make more for the next movie that is coming out after frozen 2 which is star wars rise of skywalker frozen 2 is such a big ip with people loving the film and loving the cultural movement that Frozen really shaped, even though some people might say it's overrated, it's still something that is still a staple to this day, and they made shorts, they've made TV shows, they've had a Broadway play for the film come out, and they haven't even had a sequel until now come out, and the sequel looks really, really good, it looks darker, which I'm really into, it looks like more of an adventure flick, that you're going to be seeing Anna, Elsa, and the rest of the gang kind of go on together as well. The animation looks beautiful. So I'm all into this, and you still have Idina Menzel. You have Kristen Bell come back. You have all the mainstays from the first one come back for this. That one's going to be a huge hit. Maybe that one could even gross $2 billion potentially. We don't know. Frozen, the first one, is the highest grossing animated film of all time. And it's over the years has maintained its status and most talked about status as one of Disney's highest IPs that they have in the industry right now. When you think of animation, you think of Disney, Frozen is really the, one of the first things, especially when you have little girls that see on and they see Elsa and they see the female empowerment that they give to little girls. People want to go see that and they're going to go take their kids to see that movie bigger than I think that Lion King has done or even Toy Story 4 has done. That is one that is probably going to have repeat viewings. And then you take into account word of mouth, people going to see this movie. And you think about the little kids that saw Frozen when it came out in the early part of the 2010s and 2012 in the fall time. People who grew up with it are probably going to go see it again. Kind of like how Toy Story has grown up with people over the decades. That's the same way that well, even though it's within the decade, at the very tail end of it, Frozen is still has people that they grew up with that, and they're probably in middle school and high school not right now, and are probably going to go back and see it with their friends, and see it with their, whether it can be a date movie as well, they have a date, or people that maybe were old enough and now have families of some sort, they're going to go take their kids to see that as well, so Disney has two more films, three really, that are just going to push and pad the box office record that Disney broke this past weekend. And for The Lion King, it's the fourth entry to do it. And they don't have any more Marvel films. But again, $5 billion from Marvel Studios worldwide for all three of their films. Disney is just having a record-setting year for themselves. And Lion King just added to the boatload today. But what do you guys think? Are you happy to see The Lion King has grossed over a billion dollars worldwide? What does it say? Does it say that people are still interested even with the reviews? Are Disney live-action retellings critic-proof from a lot of this stuff? Let me know down in the comment section below and leave your thoughts. Now going on to my final segment today, guys. It's talking about 
the movies that are coming out this weekend. And if you're wondering, Sam, you usually do this on Thursdays. Why are you doing it now? Well, because I'm doing it now, there's really only one release that's coming out this weekend. And tonight, I'm going to go see the only film release that is happening this weekend. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I'm going to go see it tonight at the AMC Lincoln Square in New York City. I cannot talk about it until tomorrow in the afternoon once the film embargo is released. But nonetheless, I will be previewing you it now because I will have seen it already and I don't want to talk about a movie that I've already seen when I've already seen it. And usually when I do the weekend preview, I haven't seen the movies yet. So I want to preview you guys for seeing it. So going into Hobbs and Shaw, this is the spinoff for the Fast and Furious franchise. It stars... Two of the most popular characters in the franchise with Dwayne The Rock Johnson coming in as Hobbs and then Jason Statham coming in as Deckard Shaw. This is it's a very interesting place that Universal finds itself in. One, in terms of the box office. Really, when we just talked about Disney dominating the box office, Universal has that one shot of dominating and presenting the only non-Disney blockbuster that the summer really has that can be successful. Because when we look at the Fast and Furious franchise... Ever since 2011, when Fast Five came out, that film really set the precedent for what the Fast and Furious franchise is today, with Dwayne Johnson coming in and really helping to reinvent new life into the franchise. They took a whole new kind of way. They've done all these crazy stunts and these crazy action sequences, but really in the chemistry between the cast is incredible. So they've really become a billion-dollar franchise that is Universal's most profitable franchise at this point. And right now, the reviews haven't come out for this film yet. They had its world premiere about two weeks or so ago, but nothing has come out. They've had press interviews with The Rock and the crew and the cast and the director, but no reviews have come out yet, and people have seen this movie. And tomorrow is when the embargo comes up. I'm seeing it again. I'm seeing it tonight, but I I won't be able to talk about it on any of my social media or anything until tomorrow afternoon, which I will be talking about it, but... When we look at this film, you have, again, The Rock and you have Jason Statham. The trailers have looked like what Fast and Furious has really done over the last few years. I will say the teaser trailer that they came out with a few months ago wasn't didn't feel like a Fast and Furious film, but the second trailer got me back into the Fast and Furious way that I know that the franchise has done it. And so I'm really excited to see this movie. It's directed by David Leitch, who, if you know who he is, he is a stunt coordinator turned into one of the best action directors in the game right now. He was a co-director with Chad Savinsky for the John Wick film, the first one, and then he went on to do Deadpool 2, which garnered a lot of claim and a lot of box office numbers, and now he's given a chance to direct an even bigger franchise, potentially, with the Fast and Furious films and getting to work with three of the biggest film stars on the planet, with Idris Elba playing the villain, Brixton. Also, you have female kick-butt women, and Vanessa Kirby and Elisa Gonzalez, who I think is a star on the rise as well, and I was happy to hear in this film as well. You got a diversity cast in this as well. You got The Rock bringing his Samoan culture into this film, so I can't wait to see that. I can't, I love the diversity that this universe really brings, and so to see the British side and the Samoan side really come together and clash and really come and formulate a team I think is incredible. And I love The Rock. I love The Rock's... He's just a megastar. He's a megastar in his own right. And I'm surprised that Universal hasn't put the word out there unless maybe The Rock and Universal came to an agreement and said, let's hold off and maybe do something like a crawl did in which the critics don't see this movie until the very last minute and then they put out their word of mouth. So it's going to be interesting to see. And they don't have anybody doing a word of mouth 
even tonight really on social media. Social media and the actual reviews aren't coming out until tomorrow. I can't even say anything after I see the movie. So this is something where I'm going in with a lot of high hope and at the same time some skepticism. But that's really going to be something interesting to see. I'm just looking for a fun time at the movies, stuff a bunch of popcorn in my face. Hopefully the film is in IMAX. I don't know. They, they haven't released anything about that just yet. But I'm really looking forward to see what Hobbs and Shaw brings to the table. Can they continue the spinoff? What will it be like not having Vin, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and the rest of the cast in this film? Is The Rock enough? Because really, if you look at what the Fast and Furious franchise has done over the last few years, the success has come once The Rock came into play, and he's really injected a sense of adrenaline and newness to this franchise, so is it really him? And it's going to be interesting for Fast 9 when that comes out next year. Will that be able to sustain itself as well without The Rock? So The Rock and the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise, it's kind of up in the air right now, but we'll see what happens. Again, this is a worldwide phenomenon that they're not just catering to the U.S. market. They're catering to all over the world, and that's how Fate of the Furies got to be a billion-dollar hit. It wasn't really the domestic box office that held held it to there. It was the international box office. So we'll see what happens, and I will be getting you guys a review in tomorrow. All my reviews on my social media and on the channel will be out for people to hear and listen to about what I thought of Hobbs and Shaw. And guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content and make sure to follow me on social media on Twitter at Bissell Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L and on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Thank you guys again so much and until next time, keep on screening.